Hey everybody, this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, this is the big episode. This is the one that a lot of people have been asking for. This comes out of the workshop that Stephanie Goss and I did last week. It is the summer crazy rush plus COVID backlog summer survival guide. <gasps> That's what it is. It is uh, the overwhelm that a lot of a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of us are feeling, and we break it down. And there's some hard truths that I think everybody really needs to hear. And um, I, if you need to hear it, I hope that you listen to this episode. And uh, and then there's some things that we can actually control, and some things we can actually do. So I've laid those things down here. If you're like, ah, oh, crap. I missed the Work Smarter, Not Harder interactive workshop on thriving in the summer of COVID workshop. You did. Uh, it was July 15th, and uh, it, it really was great. It was super awesome, and we're going to build on it. The next uh, planned workshop is August 19th. I'm going to be doing a workshop on public speaking and persuading groups. That means you talking to groups of pet owners. It means you talking to your staff. It means you talking to your bosses. It means you talking to the other veterinarians that you work with and trying to get them to buy into what you want to do and try and get them to let you do a thing or to do a thing with you. That is what I'm going to do. It is a um, it is a two-hour interactive workshop. It is $99 for uh, non-members. It is free for Uncharted members. You can head over to unchartedvet.com and you can wave over the membership tab and you will see upcoming events and you will see all of our events that are coming. Our online Get Shit Done conference is October 7th through the 10th. That is uh, $2.99 for members and $3.99 for non-members, and registration for that is open as well. Make sure that you're getting um, that you're getting the information on what's coming up, because we really are doing a lot of cool things, and uh, I want you to be able to see them. So sign up for the Uncharted uh, newsletter. You can do that over at unchartedvet.com, and, uh, and keep up with what we're doing here. Guys, without further ado, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. Hey guys, Dr. Mark Alcott is a friend of mine. He's an emergency veterinarian. He came to the first Uncharted Vet Conference. His company, Vitus Vet, is on a mission to help front desk heroes with easy-to-use technology that reduces phone calls by 70%. While boosting revenue, you'll have more time to do what you do best, and that's help clients and heal pets. The Vitus Vet platform includes unlimited two-way texted picture messaging, digital service and refill reminders, appointment scheduling, a practice app that's branded to your practice, monthly payment plans for clients, and checkout tablets that work anywhere. It's all included, and it integrates with most veterinary PIMs, Uncharted listeners get two months free. Learn more at vitusvet.com slash uncharted. That's vitusvet.com slash uncharted. Eh, we back. It's me and Stephanie. I'm everything you want. I'm everything you need, Goss. Oh, oh man. How's it going, Andy? Oh, it's, it's good. I yeah. cannot complain we are making our way in the world uh and feeling pretty good feeling right. pretty good yeah i got i got a big one for us today this is the episode people have been clamoring for it's the one that they really want to know it's the one that came together based on the uh covid workshop that you and i did as people wrote to us and told us what they're really struggling with yep. and as we built the best workshop we can build uh this is not a workshop uh, because it's a podcast, those are different things. And uh, <laughs> but th- 
I think this is what a lot of people really want to know. Yeah, and so sure. without further ado, uh, let's let's jump into this. This is the COVID plus summer overwhelm podcast. Yep. That's that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk yep. about all the people and all the practices out there that are working themselves to death because of the summer rush with the COVID uh, backlog and uh, PPE and, uh, you know, systems, COVID systems they put in place all piled on top and yep. they are killing themselves. And I think that that is a lot of people. I know that's a lot of people yep. because we heard that loud and clear at the workshop. This is what people are are dealing with. So I want to start talking about um, the COVID crazy and the things that I think that people need to hear and need to know and need to accept to get to get through this mess. And so I uh, that that's that's it. There's no specific mailbag because there's just too many of them, um, mm -hmm. too mm -hmm. many questions. But I I I've got five truths. I'm calling them Andy's truths of COVID. I have five truths that I want to talk about. Okay. And then I want to talk about the three levers we can pull okay. to get out of this mess. All right. Okay. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So talking about uh, overwhelm and uh, dealing with stress and COVID stress and existential stress and stress about kids going back to school and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Truth number one is... Uh, acceptance is the first step. Okay. Acceptance is the first step. Uh, you didn't make this situation. This is none, none of this is your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing you could have done to have prevented this. Yeah. There is no clairvoyance that you could have that would have changed what you're dealing with now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that you say that because I literally had that conversation with my medical director this week and I said, if only my crystal ball had predicted that I would have approved vacation in December of last year for June and then predicted that a global pandemic would hit, I would have probably set up the staff schedule a little bit differently. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, and, and having uh, regrets and feeling angry about people taking the vacations that they signed up for right. six months ago, right. that is not productive. It's not helping you. Uh, and I just, I just see people that just struggle with, um, yeah, with, with guilt over the situation that we're all in. Mm -hmm. COVID is a thing. It is here. People are showing up in droves to the vet clinic. You have high risk people in your practice. Accept it. Just, it is what it is. You didn't cause it. It's not going anywhere in the short term. I feel like that's a lot of it. Uh, you and mm -hmm. I have talked before about how when all the craziness started, we started making uh, modifications real fast. Right. We're like, guys, OSHA says this, and the CDC is saying this, and so we're going to do it. And we started just uh, twisting things and bending things and patching things and duct taping things. Um, we were all hoping that this would be over in yeah. weeks. We were oh, talking yeah. about weeks. That's not going to happen. And I don't know when the end is and neither do you. And I think that that's part of the acceptance is I don't know when this is going to be over. Mm -hmm. This could be all of 2021. Mm -hmm. This could be all of 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we keep talking about a vaccine. We, we do not know. Right. 
You know, uh, my father said forever it was August <laughs> that we're going to have a vaccine in August. <laughs> we're not having a vaccine in August, Dad. <laughs> like it's not not going to happen. Um, I, I don't know, mm. but I do know that the uh, holding on to the idea, refusing to accept that we're in this now, that's not that's not smart. That's not sustainable. Right. Accept right. that we are in this and that we don't know what it's going to be over and putting your head in the sand and just pretending like this is not happening as a recipe for disaster. And yeah. I see it. I see a lot of it. And I, I, I say this with love. I understand why people put their head in the sand because it's it's a lot of ways it's easier just to pretend this is not happening or this is going to be over soon. It is not. And the sooner you say it's not going to be over soon. I don't know when it's going to be over, but it's not going to be in a couple of weeks. Uh and we need to go back and retrofit the duct tape work we did as we scampered and scrambled right. and tried to adapt to a pandemic when things were changing every day. Right. Uh, we got to we got to get past that. Is it's right. time? You know, it's time to fix those things and build things that are going to last a bit longer because we're in this a bit longer than we thought we were going to be at the very beginning. Okay. So, anyway. The, um, the last sort of part of accepting is uh, you can't control how other people are going to behave. And I, that, that kills, that kills me sometimes and it kills my wife and I know it kills you and it, and most of us, we, uh, a lot of us have the idea of this would all be so much better if everyone just did what they were supposed to do. My right. wife says, this would be better if everyone followed the rules. <laughs> and, uh, and that is true. The sooner we accept that we they're not going to follow the rules and right. we can't make them follow the rules, like the key there is acceptance. Like right. uh, if they work for us, that's a different story. Right. You know, if they're our children and they rely on us to feed and house them, that's right. a different story. But the random clients that come in, we we cannot. We can only control what we can control, which is our building, you know, um, right. the things well, under, under our purview. And I think it's hard, right? Because we're we're looking at it on a global scale. And when you look at control from a mass perspective, like that's that boggles my mind and it hurts a lot. My it hurts my brain to think about it from that perspective. And so I think I think you're totally right. And I think it makes sense to say this is an area in terms of gaining acceptance. It is definitely an area where you have to get laser focused and say, I cannot control. <laughs> I yep. cannot control outside of this building. I cannot control outside of my home. But these are two things that I can control. Um, and so uh, starting there is a super, super smart choice. Truth number two. We are all making hard choices with incomplete information. Mm -hmm. And that is just the truth of it. There is no right answer to mm -hmm. most of the decisions that we are being forced or asked to make. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a good idea for me to send my kid to school right. or to keep them home for virtual school. I don't know. Right. I don't know what school is going to be like. I don't know what's going to happen in three months. I don't know what the virtual school is going to be. I don't know what their psychological development profile is, you know, and their need for socialization with kids. I don't know. I don't have all the information. My crystal right. ball doesn't work. I am making the best decisions that I can make with limited information. I need to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And know that everybody else is doing that too. There yeah. is not a right answer. 
are you going to keep doing curbside or are you not? Um, or, or do we plan to do curbside for the foreseeable future or do we hope to transition away from it? I don't know. Right. And neither do you. And who knows what's it's like we could in a month, the world could look entirely different. Like we just don't know. Mm-hmm. All you can do is use the information that you have now to make the best decisions and be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you hit it so on the head when you were talking about the kids going back to school. Not only do you not know, and there really is no right answer, um, especially in a math sense, because the right answer for you might be the wrong answer for me, right? And it's the same way with our teams and our clients. But so often, we're picking the best choice out of two bad options. Like, like with the school thing, it's like, you know, um, do I do I pick keeping them home and going with a virtual option, um, which has limitations and is and frustrations and and doesn't feel like a great choice? Or do I send them to school, which also has significant cons? Like those are like for a lot of us, those are two. We're looking at two bad options and we're literally trying to pick the least bad out of the two. And it's the same, you know, it's the same with the clinic. So, so often right now we are choosing between bad options all around. Exactly. I mean, I'll give you more clinical examples as do we invest in remote virtual support to help handle our phones Mm -hmm. or do we tough it out or try to get more efficient in what we're doing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it's very dependent on your practice and you don't know what's going to happen in the future or what it's going to be like after September is over. There is power in saying, I don't know, this is a hard call and I don't have all the information. I am going to make a decision though, because that's the last part of this is remember that indecision is a de facto decision. Mm-hmm. If I don't enroll my kid in virtual school, then they're going to get enrolled in regular school because the registration deadline is going to pass. And Mm -hmm. I decided that my kid would be in regular school by Mm -hmm. not deciding. I decided by not deciding to invest in virtual support for the front desk, you know, in the phone bank Mm -hmm. by just going, I don't know what to do and not making a decision. I made a decision to not invest in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this is, goes back again to people putting their heads in the sand is by Refusing to decide, we are deciding. And that puts yeah. us back into that. You're making, know that you're making a hard call with limited information. Make the call. Like yeah. you still got to make the call. And yeah. uh, that this is probably a, comes as a shove in the back to some people who are standing mm-hmm. on the ledge. Um, but it needs to be. I think that that's the truth of this. There's not a right answer. And we don't yeah. know what's going to happen. But just not making decisions is, is a probably going to be uh, the wrong mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. Well, or that it for sure is going to be a decision maker at some point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. If you don't make your, if you don't set a policy for mask wearing, your employees will come up with a policy and that will be the policy that happened in your practice. Right. right? Or your state will say, okay, nobody did anything. So now we're going to decide for you. Like, you know, it's um, the, Yeah sitting back and waiting to make a decision sometimes is a really, really good thing. Also, you have to own the truth that if you have sustained indecision, you're, you're still making a choice. So many of us are perfectionists. We want to get it right. Right. 
and we feel like if we can just wait a little bit longer, we'll be able to get it right. Right. And I just want to validate people <clears throat> who are feeling like I made the call. You know, I, I don't know if it was right. I did what I thought was best. I looked at it. You know, I gave it due diligence. And then I did what I think we need to do or what's best for our patients or what's best for our staff or what's in alignment with our core values. And so I just think that that's one of the 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 truths of COVID is just know that you're making a hard choice with incomplete information mm-hmm. and that's, and everybody else is too. And so be, be kind to yourself, right? Number three, you cannot see all the pets. <laughs> and again, I told you, these are, are Andy's hard truths of COVID. These are, these are not, not pleasant truths, but I do feel like we need to put them out there as people are slammed and overwhelmed and trying to figure out what to do. You cannot see all the pets. Yeah. Do you agree? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, I think that the reason that we're talking about this is because a vast overwhelming majority and by overwhelming majority, I mean, literally every clinic owner and manager that you and I know are, are having the conversation right now about this reality. We are overrun. We are overwhelmed. We have it staring at us straight in the face, this giant brick wall of fact that is saying we we can't. We have a capacity and we have all hit it. And for a lot of us, we've gone well over the capacity and now we're at the meltdown point. And so what do we do about that? Like how do how do we how do we sit with the un the very uncomfortable truth that we cannot see all the pets. I see practices that are about to lose very good staff members mm-hmm. you know, because they are burned them out and these people are tired. They, they're just yep. tired. And yep. if someone says to you, I'll pay you significantly less than you're making now, but I'm not going to work you to death. They <laughs> will take that deal yep. Yep. and they will leave. Um, I see clinics that are losing people and that have lost people because they've burned them out. Yep. I see our friends um, struggling because they're working all the time and they are tired and they cry and they're emotional, you know, um, and it's taking a toll on them and I see it and I, I, I get it. And I, I, you know, I know, I know that you see it too. Yeah. Guys, the hard truth here is you cannot see all the pets. Yeah. You have a capacity you have a capacity as an individual. You have a capacity as a practice yeah. where you say, if this is our standard of care, then we can see this many cases mm-hmm. in a day mm-hmm. with the staffing that we have. Mm-hmm. That's it. And if you ignore that number and you push that number, the first thing that will happen is your standard of care will go down Yep. because you'll cut corners to try to keep up. And I mean, by yep. you, I mean your practice, you will yep. cut corners. You will see uh, pets not getting the attention they've gotten in the past and, and you know, that's a decision you can make <laughs> to say, we're going to lower our standard of care. I don't know that that's fair to the clients who think that they're getting mm-hmm. the standard of care mm-hmm. that you've been providing. Yeah. I think that that's uh, something to sort of try to get our head around. But if you ignore your capacity, the first thing that happens is your quality of care will go down as you push to try to get everything done. Mm-hmm. And then you will start burning people out. And it may be you and it may be other people. One of the big uh, phrases I come back to again and again and again and again is, guys, 
you cannot pour from an empty cup and you cannot feed from an empty pantry. Mm-hmm. Like the goal should not be to see all the pets that try to come today. The goal should be to see as many pets as you can over your career. And if you see all the pets that want to come today and all the pets that want to come tomorrow and you burn yourself out, then mm-hmm. you will quit. Mm-hmm. And there'll be 20 more years you could have been seeing pets and feeling good about your career or, or you know, or working with great technicians. And you're not because mm-hmm. you saw too many pets today and you lost your people or you mm-hmm. lost yourself. You burned yeah. yourself. And um, that is a hard call. But now now is the time. This is a boundaries uh, mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. In a lot of ways, talking with clients who are trying to get in because of COVID or, or, or trying to get in beyond capacity, it's the exact same as talking to people about money. When people say, if, if, if you really cared, you would do this for free. Right. That's the same as if you really cared, you would give your time to me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. And I think most of us have heard the, if you really cared, you would do it for free. We've heard that so many times that we have come to the realization that's not true and it can be true. Mm-hmm. I don't think that most of us have heard the, if you really cared, you'd be available to me, yeah. uh, spin on that, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and, um, you know, when you and I were kind of talking about this and prepping for it, for me, it was a very strong sense of like, for my, for my own team and what I'm seeing in the practice, like this is emotional blackmail. And we have clients who are trying to emotionally blackmail us, not because they're bad people, not because they want to be mean to us because they want to hurt us, but because they are coming from a place of emotion. They care about their pet. They're worried about their pet and they want the thing to happen. And so that's that they're coming from, from that place. And I get that. And at the same time, Um, there is a cost, a significant and steep cost to trying to see all the pets and be all things to all people. And if we keep, if we don't put up a boundary and if we don't, um, have very clear boundaries for our teams, for our clients, we will pay those costs. We Mm -hmm. all, we all will. There's no, there's no avoiding it, whether it comes today or it comes two weeks from now when your lead tech quits or it comes, um, you know, six months from now where when you hit the point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And you as a practice owner are like, I- I'm going to sell my practice. I can't deal yeah. with this. Like there will come a point in time where we will all pay a price for trying to see all the pets and being all things to all people. Yeah. I've heard people say, you know, we're up 40% last yeah. month. That's not good. Unless, right. unless you're able to hire to, to, you know, to keep up with that. Right. It's it's not it's fine to be up 40% last month. That's great. If it's not the new normal. Right. Because yeah, you know, if you're doing and when we say up 40%, what I mean is the practice is doing 40% more business right. than they had done, you know, the same month the, the year before. Yeah. And and you're totally right. Like if you hit, if you added two new doctors, you yes. should be up 40%. That makes yeah, exactly. sense. Exactly. Super smart. Yeah. And if but you if, can yeah, but if, if you can, didn't, if you just triple booked yourself Every day, all day for the month of June with the same staff and the same number of doctors. And that's how you're up 40%. That is, that is, um, uh, that's a problem. And that's where there's going to be significant costs that comes far sooner. 
that's why I put acceptance as number one. Like that's part of acceptance is, you know, you may have been up 40% for June. Right. If you're looking and you don't see any signs of it, of it, you know, going down and you just put, put your head down, you're, you're kidding yourself. You're not accepting the reality of, of where we are. And if you can hire people and you can expand, then that's great. That's wonderful. Then do that. But if you are working with fewer people because people are on vacation or because they're sick, uh, which happens to a lot of us, that's, that's just not sustainable. Yep. Right. So um, the other part of this, I, I would say, uh, so, you know, surging, surging, surging business, it, it may not be sustainable, I guess, uh, is a big takeaway there, but. The other part is, guys, I know that these lead to hard moral choices and moral reality. And it's the same thing. I said I go back to the same thing as when uh, when it's a money conversation. We want to help these pets. Right. And it feels terrible to turn people away. It does. At the end, uh, the moral questions don't change the reality of you are a resource you are a, in some ways, non-renewable resource. Mm-hmm. And if you give all of yourself away, you're, you're not going to be around that long. Mm-hmm. You know? And that does not change. That is an immovable truth. And so you know, we've, talked to, um, we've talked to practice owners, uh, and they'll have problems like they'll say, the nearest emergency clinic is two hours away. And if we don't see them, then they're going to have to go to that emergency clinic. And some pets might not make it two hours to the emergency yeah. clinic. And that is horrible. And it is awful. But guys, um, the truth is you can't see all the pets. And um, if people you know, choose to live in a rural area, part of the, the hard truth of that is that might mean that they are not able to get to an emergency veterinary clinic very easily. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there are consequences that that pets pay, and that is horrible. And uh, you know, people may think I'm a monster for for saying that. I I think that ultimately you burning out and shutting down, and then there's no veterinarian right anywhere around right. And you know, that's not that's not better. That's not yeah. better. And so, if those are the two choices of you know, we just can't take those emergencies, and people are going to have to figure it out or deal with it and mm-hmm. you know that that may be hard for them um versus i'm i'm burning out and right. i'm getting a divorce if i don't make a change and i'm unhappy and think mm-hmm. th- that's a horrible decision mm-hmm. i'm here to tell you you are not wrong to choose yourself mm-hmm. you are in fact i would encourage you to choose yourself and say put your own oxygen mask on first and then help the people that you can and so that's the last part of this is uh, you can't see all the pets. And I just want to say I see you mm-hmm. and you are not a bad person if yeah. you close the door and say, I can't. Um, you know, this is I have made my call. I have set my boundary. And don't don't let people make, make you feel that way. This is a war. Yeah. It's, it's not a battle. Right. And sometimes right. we have to lose battles to win the war. And that is like that is a hard, terrible truth. Um, that's, that's how I look at where we are for a lot of practices right now. Well, and even in non COVID times, like the perspective that I have as a manager is look like in the middle of winter, you can have a crazy busy day 
mm-hmm. and everybody can get on board and everybody can work their butts off and you can go home at the end of the day and feel accomplished and walk away from that crazy busy day and feel okay about it because it's a one-off, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's yep. When, when we start summer in a veterinary practice, it is all day, every day. It is mm-hmm. not a one-off. It is a day after day after day. And any team can sustain that for a couple weeks. Maybe. Yeah, a couple weeks. Sure. If you're really, if you're really, really lucky and you frame the whole rest of your year really well with your team and they are really well rested and nothing else happens, you might even be able to sustain it for all of summer. There are practices yep. out there that do it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is for most of us, we can't. Someone gets sick. Someone, you know, someone has something going on. Someone t- needs to take a vacation or whatever. And then you layer COVID on top of that. We have to step back and think about it from the long term. Uh, you know, your analogy about wars is spot on. Like, this is not a one and done battle. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the sustainability factor, and we have to look at it from a perspective of months, not weeks. And if we don't, if we don't say, I can't do any more today because if I take more today, I will not be able to handle tomorrow. Like we have to start giving ourselves the grace to say, that's okay. We are not bad people by putting up the clothes sign at six o'clock when all of us have been here since seven o'clock this morning and going home and having dinner. Like we're not bad people for doing that. Yeah. I I think that's really important. I've heard someone say recently, and I wish I'd said something when I heard it and I didn't. I I think it's just because I, I had to process it a bit. And they said, you know, we're, we're staying late every night, but, you know, we're, we're on kind of quarantine and there's nothing else to do. So it's not that big a deal. And I say, and, you know, and I've just thought about that. And I was like, mm. I disagree. You know, yeah. I, I, I disagree. And, I, and I, I don't want to try to come down on this person. I understand the mentality, but the truth is, you know, when you're the leader, you're the doctor, you're the boss, you're the manager. And you say, guys, we're, we're going to stay late because there's not a lot going on. You're making a big assumption about your team and yeah. what they have going on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I would push back strongly and say, you should have downtime, even if you don't have things going on. And the analogy I would give is, um, you know, let's talk about your favorite thing for me to talk about CrossFit. Um, <laughs> I let's talk about CrossFit because Stephanie is all about. <laughs> Talking I, about was, I was thinking in my head, he can't possibly be talking about an employee handbook. Like, I have no, no. idea where he's going with this. Oh, okay, your other favorite thing. The other fa- the, yeah, employee okay, handbooks and CrossFit are the okay. two things that Steph loves to hear me talk about. Um, so, so bear with me because I know a lot of people are like, oh, crap, turning this <laughs> off. Don't know. Just bear with this. Listen, for one, just one second. Just stay with me. I promise I won't, I won't talk about CrossFit again. <laughs> this is whatever it feels like when I bring up CrossFit. Like, just stay with me for one second. I promise I won't talk about this too long. Um, I, I love I love it, right? So I I love to work out. I, um, I, I it's a great stress relief for me. Okay, if I did CrossFit whenever I just didn't have other things going on, do you know what would happen? First of all, I would look amazing. I would I would I would there would be a no shirt policy for me at the clinic. I would see Pat's uh, topless uh, because I did CrossFit all the time. But um, I would break. I would I would break. I right. like I like to exercise. Uh, and you take you don't and then because it take 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 running. Say you like to jog, you like to run. If right. you ran 
just because there was nothing else to do and you ran and you ran long every day, you continued to run and go, I don't have anything else to do and I enjoy this, you were still going to break. And the same thing is true with medicine. There's a physical toll and there's a mental toll and there's an emotional toll. And so going home and not doing anything is a worthy pursuit. Just not doing anything at home, reading a book, painting, being with your friend, with your family, you know, talking to your parents on, you know, on the phone. Those, those are important things because we have to recharge. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of I'm going to weigh what I do at home against the, of what I would do at the clinic. I don't think that that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, so number three was you can't see all the pets. I think. I think we both agree that number four is you can, you cannot be all things to all people. Yeah. It, it goes with kind of with you can't see all the pets. Mm-hmm. You can't be an emergency clinic and a high-touch white glove practice mm-hmm. and a low-cost, high-volume practice mm-hmm. and a telemedicine practice mm-hmm. all at the same time when you have always just been a white glove, high-touch practice. Like mm-hmm. you just – you can't morph into all of those roles. Mm -hmm. You can't be high touch white glove for some people and then try to read the room and see who's in a hurry and then be super fast Right for for others. You you just can't be. And And I put this in there as a truth. It's because if you built your practice and your business on communication, on customer service, right, on creating a client experience, if you take, 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 take cases, that stuff breaks down, yep. you know, and now you're not being who you set out to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it's hard, right? Because that's, that's what we're all, we're, we're facing this pressure from ourselves, from yeah. our team, from our, but mostly from the outside, from our clients and from the community who have needs. The ERs have eight and nine hour waits. Of course, people don't want to sit at the ER. Of course, they want to come to your clinic. But you can't serve them well if you don't have the equipment to properly handle those emergencies. Like right. you're you're doing a disservice to your patients, not only the patients you already have in the hospital for wellness care or general sick care, but to that emergency, if you agree to take that on and you're not prepared for it, you're not built for it, you don't have the team to support it, you're doing a disservice to that pet. So yes, you're you're being all things to that client who wants to walk in the door because they don't want to sit at the ER for eight hours. We're not serving the we're not serving the pets the way that we need to. Right. So yeah, I, I think that that's something that a lot of us are struggling with. It's like, well, we need to see all these cases and maintain our standard of care and create this client experience. And mm-hmm. you can't you can't do all those things. Right. If you just want to churn out cases, then, uh, you know, you're going to minimize your touch time with clients and, uh, you know, and you're going to probably have a, a lower, just being honest, you're probably going to have a lower standard of care so that right. you can move cases faster. And th- I'm not saying unacceptable standard of care, but it will probably be lower than the, cl- the clinic that traditionally takes 40 minutes with each client. Like, right. you, it's, it's just not the same thing. And th- you just can't, you can't be both of those things. You can't be the, the clinic that takes 40 minutes with clients and also be the clinic that sees uh, eight, nine, 10 cases an hour per doctor. Like Mm -hmm. those, they're mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. So you can't be all things to all people. And the last of of sort of the five truths that I think are important for people to hear, um, for God's sake, 
forgive yourself and be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know, you need to forgive yourself and to be kind to yourself. And I just see so many people beating themselves up right now and, you know, and feeling like they're failing or that they're not good enough. Like, oh, this is a very difficult time because I'm not fast enough, mm-hmm. because I'm not smart enough, because I'm not, you know, whatever enough. That's bullshit. You know, like this, like we just laid out all of these truths. And I think part of this comes from except that's why I put it again. So I put acceptance first. You didn't cause this. It's not because of you. It's here. Yeah. And the fact that you can't figure it out and fix it, that's not a reason for you to be down on yourself or to you to beat yourself up or to be cruel to yourself. Well, and even I think the hard, the hard part for a lot of us, um, and I use myself as an example, the hard part for a lot of us is not only are we worried about you know, disappointing our clients, but we're also worried about disappointing our team. And like this week, um, we're, we're short staff. My crystal ball did not predict that mm-hmm. COVID would be a thing. And I had some people who had scheduled vacations and then I've got some team members who are sick and who are out. And so we were already short staffed and now we're even shorter staffed and I can't control any of that. And we desperately need more team members because we added two new doctors and uh, we were barely staffed, but then COVID and vacations and that makes it not fully staffed. So I'm trying to do all of these interviews and I um, have been doing back to back things and I've been working super long days and my team is too. And I see how hard they're working. And yet yesterday afternoon after a, you know, a full day of interviews and I'm getting messages from my kids saying, when are you, you know, when are you coming home? And I just kind of hit that breaking point and was like, I need to go home. Like mm-hmm. I, I, and I was so torn and I had such a hard time because I was like, I should stay here. I should help the team. Like I see how overwhelmed they are and what, you know, I, I should not put myself first and I should, I should stay as long as they need me to stay and I can go answer the phone and I can help the front desk. And I did that the day before. And yesterday it was just like, I, I have to go home. I can't, Mm -hmm. because if I don't go home right now, I might not make it back here tomorrow. Like I might, I might have to call in sick and then where will they be? Um, and it was a really hard decision. I actually cried the whole way home because I felt so guilty because I could see the stress in their faces. And at the same time, I love my team so much because, you know, my stars looked at me and they were like, go just we're, we'll be, we'll figure it out. Just go. Um, and I think that that is really, really hard for so many of us because mm-hmm. we don't, we don't want to disappoint, um, people where uh, most of us in this industry are people pleasers, but we also, I think have to remember that we cannot truly be kind to ourselves if we don't allow ourselves the grace to say, I have needs too. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a balancing act and yeah. giving yourself that forgiveness is really, really hard. You guys, it's really hard. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that. And I think you made the right decision. I know that was really hard. Well, I do too, but I, and, and I share it and it's hard. Like it's hard to ad- admit, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm a super positive, happy go lucky sunshine person, but it, it is hard and it is, um, you know, struggling with that guilt is it's an awful feeling. And at the same time, like I put it out there because 
we we get you and I get it. Like mm-hmm. we we are feeling the same things that all of our peers are feeling. And when we really sit back and kind of process through that, that really resonates with me. Like you have to be kind to yourself and you have to be able to give yourself forgiveness. Um, because if you don't do that, you cannot work backwards through your truths. You cannot be mm-hmm. things for people, anything for anybody. You can't see pets if you don't take care of yourself. And we are making hard choices with incomplete information. And then it's so hard to do that. Um, and so, yeah, I think we all have to remember, like, this is, this is, we're in this for the long haul. Yeah. Well, you know, making decisions with incomplete information, Steph, you don't know what's going to happen today at the clinic, right? you know, and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow right. and deciding, do I tough it out or do I go home without knowing what the rest of the week is going to look like? Right. That's the incomplete information I'm talking about. You don't know. And right. What if it's crazy town the rest of the week and right. you had this chance and you didn't take it? Uh, you, you just can't know. What if it's dead the rest of the week and you feel guilty about right. going home when they, they right. maybe this is the one time they really need you and you leave. You right. don't know. Right. And so you're making hard choice with inc- incomplete information and you have to be okay with that. You know, like most things, the way that we work, um, it's on a spectrum, you know, and so much of our life is about about a spectrum and, and, and finding the spot in the middle that best suits. So on this spectrum, you know, at one end of the spectrum is giving yourself away. It's giving yourself completely to others and having no boundaries and giving yourself away. And we all know where that goes. And we, and we all see the danger there. And the other end of the spectrum is being completely selfish and not being there for anybody, but yourself and look out for number one. And I don't, you know, the rest of you guys can just suck it up and deal with it because I am taking care of me. And neither of those extremes are acceptable and neither right. one of them is where we want to be the the answer is in the middle as we know but n- the middle is hard to find and it's and it's nebulous the thing i want to call it that you did that i think is important that a lot of people get wrong or they don't realize is you stayed the first night and you worked and then the next night you made a different choice mm-hmm. that's okay mm-hmm. it's not that i stayed last time so i'm going to stay again this time and if i stay tonight then i'll feel obligated to stay forever and the rest of the staff will know that i can stay late and then they'll all ask me to stay late and they'll ask me every time and they'll say that you stayed late that other time and why can't you stay late for now and you don't like me and then i will never get to go home and then my spouse will divorce me and i will my dog will die of dehydration because i never get time to give him water and you just catastrophize (laughs) and you get up this horrible horrible pathway That's, that's not the case you can you can stay and work when you're strong yeah. Or when you have time and you can go when you need to recharge mm-hmm. and they're not a precedent that you're setting mm-hmm. and they're not, you know, mutually exclusive where I only do this or I only do that. Yeah. You know, we, we pick and choose and we do what we need to do. So, so those are, those are sort if, of the five. Yeah. So if we're all in that space, which I know we all are, cause you and I are talking to clinics all day and hearing it nonstop from everybody. We're all over one. Our teams are burned out. We're exhausted. We're seeing way more patients than we ever thought was possible to see in a day. What do we, what do we, and, and we look at the, those five truths, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that we have to accept that this is our reality. (laughs) Um, We're making crappy choices, hard choices with incomplete information. And we're doing the best that we can. We have recognized we can't see all of the pets. We can't be all things to all people. And we're trying to give ourselves some grace and be kind to ourselves um, and to our 
for our team, what, what do we do? How, what can we, what can we do to try and solve the problem? All right. So there's three levers that we can pull. Mm -hmm. The only three that I can see. Mm -hmm. Okay. The first one is the communication lever. Okay. We need to, we can push communications forward. We can try to move communications around to, uh, to create some more space. We can uh, try to get communications going outside of the practice so that we are not spending our time communicating in the practice. Okay. Right? So when I say that, there's a, there's a couple of things. Uh, communications to me comes down to letting clients know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Right. And I see a lot of clinics, one of the biggest headaches they have is the pet owners show up and then they argue about the policies and they don't want to wear a mask. Right. They don't, you know, they, this is all crazy. Why am I texting from, from the, uh, from the parking lot? What am I, what am I right. supposed to be doing? What do I expect? Right. We can push that forward. You know, we can focus on communicating up front and saying to people, this is what you can expect when you come. Mm -hmm. And I, I, some what some of my favorite things are, you know, there's a lot of practices out there, and we'll probably talk about this in the uh, in the workshop that you and I are going to be putting on. It will, it will have already happened by the time this podcast comes out, but um, mm -hmm. but filming a video explaining mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen mm -hmm. and this is what you can expect, and yep. texting it to clients the day of their appointments. I just so you know, this right. is what's going to happen, and telling people when they make an appointment, masks are required in our building, yep. or we're doing curbside, and say it as early as possible push it forward. Mm -hmm. um, and then if they want to get mad, they can totally choose to go to a different vet hospital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're not spending your time and emotional energy arguing with this angry person there. And there'd still be people who come in who are somehow managed to stay uninformed, even though we told them on the <laughs> phone and we sent them a link and we sent them a text and everything. Um, but I want to minimize the number of people that there are, right? Uh-huh. I'm picturing... I'm <laughs> picturing the client uh i was at the front desk for this the third person of the day who had who had we we have been doing all of those things we're telling them when we schedule we've been putting it out on facebook we've been sending newsletters to our clients like all of the things right and we still have the clients who come to the door and open the door uh, front door wide open and walk right in and then the csrs always have this look of horror on their face and they're like yeah. i'm sorry can i <laughs> can I help you? And they're like, yeah. Oh yeah, I just wanted to pick up meds. And we're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Remember when we talked five minutes ago and we told you, why don't we go back outside and we'll bring it to you and we'll put it on a, we'll put it on the table. Like they're, they're going to be this, they're going to yeah. be those people. So and communicate, set expectations as best you can communicate early and communicate clearly so that you're not trying to manage expectations and communicate when people are in your building, especially yeah. anything that I can do by text, anything that I can send out as a mailing, I can make a, a template email and mm -hmm. just say, you just made an appointment. Here is the information you need to know about coming in. And yeah. that's not going to get everybody, but it's about reducing the load by pushing as much communication forward as I can. The other thing is people are going to walk into your building, just like you just said, mm -hmm. and they're going to walk in does your front desk know what to say right. or are they improvising and stumbling every time? Right. Right. At some point, a surprise is not a surprise is your business model. When right. Over over again. And, right. and that's it. And it's like, there are people who are going to say, I don't want to wear a mask. There are right. people who are going to walk into your building. Have we taken time to circle up with the front desk and say, what do we say when this happens? Mm -hmm. So that he walks in and they can say, sir, blah, 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 blah. I'll right. be out in just a moment with right. your pickup. 
Right. And, and bam, and that is the line that they have, and they know what to say, and they're comfortable saying it, and they just mm-hmm. say it. And it's not a, oh my gosh, are you going to talk to him? I, I, what do we do? Right. We have him sit down and, right. and freestyling every time. So, yeah. what are we going to say? And then setting expectations by communicating early and clearly. I think I think that's the first level is mm-hmm. this is what we're we are set to communicate what is going on so that clients can help us instead of working against us when they come in. Well, and I think one of the things we have to think about when it comes to communication, and I think that this is a, a mark that a lot of clinics have missed, is the fact that all of our clients may be on Facebook, but they're not on our Facebook page, not all of them. And so if the only way that we're communicating information to our clients is through our social media, we are missing, I would argue, a fairly large portion of our client base. And so if you are not doing things like you mentioned, if, if your team is not, uh, you know, talking about client, talking to clients about it when they schedule every appointment, if you're not sending um, newsletters to all of your clients who have emails on file, which is going to be a greater number for most of us mm-hmm. than the number of Facebook fans we have on our Facebook page, if we're not doing, if we're not approaching this multimodally, um, we are missing the mark in terms of communication and we are failing our clients from that from that perspective. And so this is an area where I think we can do better and we can one and done is not going to work here. We are going to have to repeat ourselves over and over and over again and have the same conversation a hundred thousand times because it is going to be new information to the yeah. people who have chosen to ignore it to this point. Yeah. Let me let me just say that social media is a terrible way to communicate any sort of time sensitive information. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and I would talk about Facebook. I I am yeah. captain Facebook in a lot of ways because that's really yeah. where people know me from, where I came from. Facebook has become increasingly unfriendly to businesses. Yeah, and uh, they don't want to show anything to your clients unless you pay them, and that that right. is just they've and they've marched more and more that way that is not a, a viable way to communicate with people. Even if every one of your clients liked your page, they, they wouldn't see uh, what, what you post there. And I, I think more and more people are getting off of Facebook, especially right now, mm-hmm. especially or, or just off of social media, especially mm-hmm. right now because it's summertime and everybody's busy. And mm-hmm. also the selection is coming up and things are getting increasingly toxic online as they did in 2016. And, right. and there's just more and more people who are not, enjoying social media and they're moving away from it. Well, and I would say the same for communicating by, by email too. I think Mm -hmm. that people are, our inboxes are overwhelmed right now. Um, and, and, and it doesn't get heard through the noise. Right. And so I think we need to look at what, what worked for us in the beginning when this pandemic started, uh, doing a mass, uh, email blast to all of my clients and putting up a Facebook post. I got, about 75% of our clients covered by just doing those two things. Doing that now four months into this is, is not going to have the same effect or reach three quarters of those clients now are not listening. And so we have to adapt. We have to continue to adapt and change and looking at things like text messages, looking at things like having a a clinic app, app where we can send them push notifications Thinking outside of the box is going to be required to get through this on a long haul perspective. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not saying you don't do, I'm not saying don't post it on Facebook. It doesn't cost you anything to do it. And and doing the email thing that you talked about, like Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. still absolutely do that. Absolutely. But know that uh, texting is, is definitely 
a better right. way to reach them. I absolutely look at my texts and open them and read them. Right. I, only a fraction of my email uh, right. gets, gets read. I mean, yeah. if it looks personal, that's one thing. But other than that, it just it just doesn't happen. Yep. So just know that. And guys, if you want to get someone's attention, when they're on the phone, if they call and make a, a um, an appointment, communicate it then because you right. actually got them on the phone, right. which means your your people have to be ready. They have to know what to say. They have to say, when this person makes an appointment, tell them this is what's going to happen. Right. And, and let's practice saying it in three sentences so that it is efficient and we're not giving them a spiel, but bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. And just, you've got their ear, dump some knowledge into it right now mm-hmm. before they come into the building. So that, that's, that's communication. So we figure out how to communicate. We, uh, we push communications forward uh, and we, we figure out what exactly we're going to say so that we're not making it up every time. Okay. The, second lever, the second lever you can pull is efficiency. Can we get faster? And most of us ha- are inefficient to some degree, right? There are ways that we could move faster for sure, right? I think um, looking now, at what do we do that doesn't make sense from a time perspective? How can we move faster, right? Um, I, I think this is a worthwhile time to look at that. You and I uh, talk on a, a podcast that's coming up um, about the patchwork and how yeah. most of us slapped together protocols as the pandemic started and we just reacted to what we had and we yeah. bent things and we made things work. Well, the truth, guys, is uh, we're in this now, and most of us made changes thinking this would be a couple of weeks to maybe a couple of months, and we're five months in now, and uh, and now we're we're trying to 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 keep going, and, and there's not much of a end in sight. Hopefully, things will slow down a bit in the fall, but I I think for most of us the realities are going to continue on. So the things that we slap together, maybe it's time to replace those. You know, maybe well, it's time to say this was a shortcut that we took. Uh, we stopped doing staff meetings. Because we didn't have that time and not doing staff meetings is not sustainable going forward, which means right. we're going to have to figure out how to, how to, how to do this again. Well, and I think from an efficiency perspective, for sure, when we started this whole thing and we were duct taping, bending things and duct taping them together and saying, this is how we're going to survive. That is a very different thing from an efficiency perspective than saying, this is how we're going to thrive in the long run, those two things are completely different. And so I think you absolutely have to look at what is our, what is our end goal? What is, what is our goal as a clinic been? Are we a, um, a high volume, low cost clinic? Are we a white glove, um, high touch clinic? Are we an ER? Who, who are we? What is, what is our goal? And then you have to work backwards from there to really think it through and say, okay, to support that end in mind, how do we be the most efficient and effective that we possibly can be? And I don't, I think there is truth to, we have to look back at who we were Mm -hmm. because a lot of us were doing that thing really, really well pre COVID. Mm -hmm. And if, and, and, you know, I don't think it's wrong to say that what worked in the past can't work in the future, but I think we need to look at what was the best of that, that we can pull forward and at the same time, look at what are, what changes are we going to make? Because we are going to have to make changes to thrive in the future going forward. And that's where if we just 
continue to have the patchwork um, option that we slapped together back in March, we are going to at some point drown because we're not really addressing the efficiency issues. We're not figuring out um, the intricacies of how do we provide that white glove service while we still don't have clients in the building. We have to start to think ahead. And that kind of um, that kind of working on our business requires focus and attention and time. And that isn't the kind of thing that can be slapped together at 10 o'clock at night when we're preparing to go into the next day and we just need a solution now. Like that yes. is more long-term thinking that requires the team talking about it, that requires your leadership team sitting down together. Even if you're not in the same room, even if you're on a Zoom call, you still have to sit down and have the conversation and figure out what does this look like from a long-range perspective. Exactly. When I think about backward design and I think about swapping out the duct tape piece for a piece that was designed for this for our current world, uh, I'll give you an example. Like, so let's say that we have a, a white glove practice that uh, spent a lot of time with a client in the exam room and did really good physical exams. It showed them everything. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of those practices, what happened was the pandemic hit and they're like, oh, we have to close the building and mm-hmm. we have to do curbside. And that turned into the doctors will do the exams in the back and then right. call the owners and tell them what they found. Right. And that was very much a duct tape patchwork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was fine for a little while. But if you want to be the white glove practice, taking the pets into the building and then calling the owner and just telling them real fast or just sending the technician out to say, everything looks good. You're all set. That it works from the degree of the pet getting care, but it is not what you set out to make the physical examination to be. The point for me is to say, put what you're doing aside and say, guys, why do we do a physical examination? Like, why do we in our practice do one? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it's to help address illness and it's to find things. It's also very much to educate clients, mm-hmm. to answer their questions, to mm-hmm. give them affirmation, you know, to, to mm-hmm. whatever, I mean, whatever in every clinic is going to be different, but ask yourself, why do I do a physical examination? And then say, how can I accomplish those goals in today's world? And I guarantee it's not taking the pet in and then calling the owner on the phone. Like if, if that's not what you were doing, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you were a high touch practice before, yeah. I'm trying to bash anybody. I don't want to th- think that, but I, I, I think it's really important to take the pieces apart and not to try to build on top of what you had before. I mm-hmm. think it's really important to step back and look from a, 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 a goal angle and say, mm-hmm. what are you trying to do here? Mm-hmm. And so things that we might end up talking about would be maybe it's time to have a clinic tablet or tablets that go out to the cars and they're Mm -hmm. already set up to teleconference Mm -hmm. with inside. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, um, maybe we can, uh, the doctors can talk to through the tablets and say, this is what I found and let me show you the thing and you know, blah, blah, blah. It it's whatever you want it to be. Yep. But you need to think about what you're trying to accomplish and then make that thing, not just what were we doing before COVID and how do we duct tape that? It really yeah. is with efficiency saying, all right, let's 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 start over. Let's take this piece out and build a new piece that may not look like the old piece at all. Right. But you have yep. to know why you want to do something and what you want to accomplish and then look around and decide what's possible today and then make that thing. Okay, so we can control communication and we can work on efficiency. 
And the last big part is what we talked about uh, for the majority of this episode. It's boundaries. The third, the third level is boundaries. I don't see another ba- lever, guys. I think it's we, how we talk to clients, how we set expectations to get them to help us. I think it's about us looking at our systems and figure out how we can accomplish our goals and how we can move uh, quickly in the in the time frame that we have. And then the last part is boundaries. You cannot see all the pets. Right. You are not. There is no scenario where you become so efficient that you increase your capacity by a hundred percent. It's just, yeah. it's, you can't get that efficient, right? You can get better and you can do more, but at some point you have a, you have a capacity that you can see. And, uh, so it comes to boundaries. What are they? When are you going to stop taking patients period? End of story, right? When are you going to close? We have cl- uh, clinics in uncharted that had doctors go down or they lost staff or whatever. And one of the hardest decisions they ever made was they closed another day. They closed on Wednesdays. They're just like, we are closed because we are burning our people out and we will be here and we will bust our butts the rest of the time, but we don't have the staff to run the way we need to run. If we uh, are trying to be open six days a week, we just don't. Mm-hmm. And so we're closing down a day and we're, people, we're just going to tell people we're not here. Mm-hmm. And those are our boundaries. And guys, that can be the healthiest thing depending on your practice. Mm-hmm. So what are your boundaries? And then say them up front. Don't let people come to your practice and find out that you're closed on Wednesday. Right. Right. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Say it early. Say it clearly. Say it up front. Don't ask the doctor. Do not have a, do not have a boundary policy that involves the front desk person going to ask the doctor what they think. And if you want me to unpack this uh, and, and, and Stephanie and I to talk about it, we have an episode. It's actually our most popular episode in the last six months is uh, when when clients walk in at the end of the day. And it's uh, probably six weeks or so back. You can you can scroll back and find it pretty easily. But we talk about that. And that is just a big thing. Don't, it, it should not be asked the doctor. There should be a plan. The front desk should know what to say. There should be signage. There should have been, uh, you know, uh, social media posts. There should have been emails about, guys, this is what our policy will be. Um, and, uh, and there should be explanation of why. This is, this is why we're not here on Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the don't ask the doctor one is, oh my God, it kills me because for so many, like, I guess I think for so many reasons, but probably the biggest one is we have worked so hard as an industry over the last 10 years, 10, 15 years to move away from doctor centric practices mm-hmm. Where it's top down, I say you do. Doctor went to vet school, and that's the be all end all. To um, where a lot of us are now, which is that we've worked really hard to get to this place where our teams matter, our clients know our teams, they have names, they have faces, they can educate, they can answer questions, they are are integral to the clinic and. And our clients have been educated to know that our doctors are not capable of doing their jobs without the team. We work so hard to get to that place and saying, uh, you know, let me go ask the doctor if we can, you know, make an exception sets us back 10 years <laughs> to, um, in so many ways. And, and so, you know, it, it really is about getting the team comfortable and confident and really it goes to the heart of having a boundary and being okay with that boundary. Like if your team is like, 
we are not going to take patients after five o'clock because we all want to get home by seven for dinner with our families. There's nothing wrong with saying that and telling a client, you know, we, we, we understand we want Fluffy to get care. We would like for you to head over to the trauma center because they open in 15 minutes. I'm going to send your records over and then they will be able to provide whatever care you need over the next few hours because we won't be here um, to be able to do that. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it goes right to so much of what we talked in that episode, yeah. but that is one of the hardest things for me when I hear that said in the clinic, I just, cr- I just cringe because I'm like, Oh, we're undoing all of this work that we worked so hard yeah. um, to get to this place. Well, I think, I think the why that we give to clients is important. Um, but I, I don't think you have to unpack it. Do not fall into yeah. the trap of giving them an essay. I've seen so many vets be like, let me tell you about the suicide rate of veterinarians. Right. Like they, that's super morbid. They right. don't care. Like, right. I mean, they, they care. So supervisor, they, they don't care. Right. It's, it is perfectly fine to say, um, after six o'clock, we do not have staff here. Right. And so you need to go to the emergency clinic. Right. And you don't have to justify getting people to stay after their shift. You no, just say, yeah. we don't have staff here after six o'clock, yeah. which means we cannot see your patient yeah. and period. And that's it. Like, bam. And they, the unspoken boundary is I'm not asking people to stay late. Like they've worked what they've worked. They have a schedule and they're going home. Right. And bam. And that is a boundary, but I'm not even going to articulate. It. I'm just going to say after six o'clock, we don't have the time or we don't have staff here to see your pet. The same thing with, with closing. Uh, you know, we talk about, I, I said, there's a, we have clinics that close in the middle of the week. They just say, we don't have the staff to run six days a week. We're closed on Wednesday. And so what do they say to clients? They say, we are closing uh, or, or they'll say over a lunch break, if people shut down for a lunch yeah. break, mm-hmm. they'll say yeah, we, we are closed to recharge and for, um, uh, what, how would you say? Uh, essentially for, uh, extra cleaning processes, right? Like we are going, we are closing to recharge and for extra cleaning processes. Same thing. We're closed on Wednesdays to, for, uh, for cleaning and, uh, to maintain staffing throughout the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Bang, clear, done. Not, I'm not unpacking it. It is yeah. what it is. And then do what you say you're going to do. I mean, clean. Right. Focus on cleanliness and use that extra time to decontaminate. Right. Well, and I think, I think this is one of those areas where this is, this is a conversation that you need to have with your team because you need to find out what are people asking or what are they objecting to when your team gives them information. And then you need to know what your team is saying to people because that will help you help them figure out the script. If you Mm -hmm. have, you know, CSR one, who's giving uh, a completely different mon and, and it's a monologue to clients and you have CSR two, who's like, well, we're closed for lunch and cleaning from one to two. So don't come in and repeatedly two vastly different things are happening. Like Mm -hmm. that's where your disconnect is. And if you don't talk to your team about what are people asking and what are they protesting about and what are you saying you're never going to be able to figure out how to give them a good, healthy script, um, and you can't help them. So I think this is this is definitely one where, you know, everybody hates the idea of role playing. Look, it's not role playing. It's talking about what are you hearing, what are clients yeah. saying to you. How can we make it easier for you to know what to say and how to say it back to them? Right. I I completely agree. Well, I think that that's that's what I've got. I think uh, the last word on boundaries is when clients say, 
you need to get me in today or I'm going to call other veterinary clinics. Go ahead. You just have to be okay with that. I mean, that that's it. And we talk again, you are a non-renewable resource. Uh, if they want to go find another vet to see them, let them go. And that don't, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be harsh on them, but decide what your boundaries are and put them down and then live by them. Yeah. And, and don't let people emotionally bully you into taking them. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I will say it feels so good to me as a manager to, to see my team feeling confident and comfortable to say, I completely understand Mrs. Jones that you're, you're upset or frustrated that we can't get you in today. I think the most important thing is that Fluffy gets the care that she needs as soon as possible. So when you schedule an appointment with another hospital in town, give us a text or give us a call back and we will absolutely get her record sent right over so mm-hmm. that they have everything that they need so that she can get the care today. That feels so good to hear them working with the client. It's not about, it's not about being mean to the client. It's not about, um, you know, being, being fearful over the fact that they are going to be lost to us forever. It's about the reality that some people have limits that we can't work with. And I still want to serve those people as best we can in the hopes that if we do what we can, and if we help them as much as we can, that if it works for them to go get seen across the street and then come back to us for the remainder of their care, that's the best case scenario for me. If they go across the street and they get care and they have a better experience or they're like, I love this place and I'm going to switch, that's okay because we can still use it as a learning opportunity. And the opportunity does not have to be, well, this client left, so we have to change what we're doing. You know, right. and, and I think we live in that place of fear. So many of us is, well, clients are leaving, so we have to change what we're doing. That's, that's not, that's not true. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So that's, um, I think that's super important to know. And the other thing is that if we are maintaining our standards and we are doing a great job, we'll probably, we'll get that client back. They yeah. are not going to go and uh, go to another vet clinic that, yeah. uh, that doesn't match them as well as we do and then stay there. Yeah. Uh, they, they may say they are, um, but if we're uh, if we're a great clinic and we work hard, we'll, we'll probably get them back. And if we don't get them back, it's not the end of the world. Well, and the reality is everybody else is just as slammed as we are. And so <laughs> exactly. when my CSRs tell the clients, you know, feel free. There are multiple clinics here in town. If someone else can get you in today, great. They feel okay saying that, not not rudely, but saying it to the client because the reality is, the clinic directly across the street is just as busy, if not busier than we are. Everybody is overwhelmed and drowning. Yeah. And so it is not wrong to offer, offer that to them. <laughs> Outstanding. I think that's a good place to leave this. Thank you for talking through it with me. Yeah. Have a great week, you guys. Hang in there. Yeah. Take care of yourself, guys. Yeah. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. I hope it inspired you to uh, think about what you're doing. I hope it saves you maybe from burning you or your people out. I think that's something a lot of us are wrestling with. If you have something you want me and Stephanie to tackle, send it over to us. You can email us at podcast at 
unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. And we will check it out. I do think Steph and I are probably going to take a couple weeks off coming up. Just so you know, it's August. We both got kids. We're trying to get them in school. We are both dealing with clinic craziness and all the things that come along uh, at the end of the summer. So we'll probably play some Hall of Fame episodes in the coming weeks. Maybe just skip a week or two. But we'll be back in September as school start back up with all new episodes. And we could love to feature your stuff then. If you are fired up about the other workshops we have coming up, like I said, I've got a public speaking workshop in August. We're going to be uh, unveiling probably some follow-up workshops based on the workshop we did this week, uh, getting into efficiency, getting into maintaining positivity, all those sorts of stuff that people have been asking for. We'll be doing that stuff too. That stuff will be free to Uncharted members, just so you know, there'll probably be a fee for the public uh, if it's open to the public. Head over to UnchartedVet.com, look around, see if it's right for you. Get on the newsletter list for sure so that you find and hear about all the stuff that's coming up. If you go to UnchartedVet.com, you can wave over the member tab and then see our full calendar, upcoming events, and that will uh, show you all the great stuff that's coming up, and you don't want to miss it. So anyway, guys, hope you're well. Be safe. Be good. Enjoy the rest of your summer. We'll talk to you soon.